Welcome to the Divorced Woman's Guide, the podcast that empowers you to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for awakening and transformation. Are you ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-discovery and growth? Well, join me as we navigate the path towards embodying your true self after divorce. It's time to let go of your past, reclaim your power, and step into a life that is brimming with purpose, authenticity, and unwavering faith. Get ready to rise above the challenges, embrace the opportunities, and awaken the extraordinary potential that lies within you. I'm your host, Wendy Sterling, and together we're going to uncover the profound gift and beauty as well as the infinite possibilities that come with embracing your divorce as an awakening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you guys doing today? Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode because I have one that comes out every single week. And I'm really happy that you decided to join me today because I am here with Mickey Gardner. Hello, Mickey. How are you? Hi, good. So excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited that you are here. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation today about how to co-parent when there is a new partner in the picture. So before we dive in, I want to share a little bit more about you with our audience today. So Mickey is a certified life and conscious parenting coach. She's also the host of Co-Parenting with Confidence podcast and a mom of three, her son and two bonus sons. After learning how to navigate life post-divorce and using it as a catalyst to her own transformation, Mickey now helps moms move past the divorce drama to become calm, confident co-parents even without their ex's participation. Mickey is on a mission to help women navigate the emotional and practical difficulties of divorce and co-parenting while creating an intentional joy and ease-filled life after divorce. Mickey, I'm really excited to talk to you about this today and to share your own experience around how it is that you have built a really great and respectful relationship with your ex's new partner and how it is that you've also been able to blend a family of your own. So I would love for you to share with our audience today a little bit about your journey and the motivation of that journey to be doing the work that you do today. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, just for that intro, uh, it was lovely. And I'm excited to be here because I really admire, Wendy, your work and the process that you offer people and your clients. And um, I know we said this off camera, but it's like we have so many, um, we cross over in so many ways. And so I'm really excited to participate in this conversation today um, because I think there's a lot out there um, And I know when I first started my journey, I didn't know, um, I just knew I didn't want to be divorced. That's all I knew. I didn't know, um, no one in my family had been divorced. Um, It was not what, like everyone else, you don't get married to get divorced. You don't see it coming. You don't, it's not high on your list. And for a very type A um, overachiever like myself, uh, I checked all the boxes. I was doing all of the things. Uh, to have the quote unquote perfect life. And for me, um, what seemed at the time like the rug getting pulled out from under me 
um, what I believed about my marriage and what was going on in my marriage were two very different things. And when I came to the point that, again, that rug got pulled out from under me, it started a journey that I just didn't see coming. And that I frankly didn't have the tools, um, the skills, the um, people around me and the support to deal with it. And I think for me, like so many people, there was so much shame um, and hiding. And uh, I had crafted a life that I thought looked perfect. And so it would just have to be, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can relate. <laughs> right? And then it wasn't. And then it was like a domino effect of, well, how low can it get, right? How many things can keep a coming? And that was really where I started this journey of trying to heal myself. Um, and again, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I had nothing. I had no idea about um, what co-parenting looked like. All I knew about divorce was what I had seen in the movies, maybe what I had seen from other friends um, in middle school and high school whose families were divorced. And these were not pretty pictures. Uh, you never see the really great ones. And so I really went to my um, now ex-husband um, after months and months of, uh, you know, trying, quote unquote, um, doing all the things. I really realized that most importantly, I had a little bit of an epiphany one night. Um, it was after yet another fight that we had uh, where it went from zero to 60 in a second. And I thought, this is not who I want to be. This is not what I want my son to look at for marriage, for to be a woman, to be a mom, to be a wife, any of these things. I'm not living the example that I want to. And that hit me that something had to change. And so the next morning I got up, I made a pot of coffee. Um, he came downstairs and I said, okay, like, let's call it. Let's just call it while we have some good feelings towards one another and figure out how to do this. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't want it to look like all of the bad. Let's figure out how to do this differently. And um, I shortened that state, that whole story very quickly. Um, it was painful. It was ugly. It was devastating. It was traumatizing. There was grief and betrayal and pain and all of it. Um, but for me and what I do now is really try to help women create their own roadmap. And we don't have to know the exact destination. We just have to know a general direction, right? And that's what my ex and I started off with is a general direction of we don't want it to be awful. And we're a family, even if we're a family in two houses. And so how are we going to go about doing that? And so that was really sort of the the beginning of my journey um, to to what now I'm I'm probably the happiest I've ever been um, in my life, and I really have really awful days too. <laughs> you know, it's like you have all of it, um, but I really went through this journey, and that's what I want to help moms now realize is that there is something different, and you get to be the captain of your ship. You get to figure out what it looks like, and most importantly, you get to show up as the co-parent you want to be, regardless of if your ex gives you his participation or permission. Yeah, I love that 
last piece. And what I hope everybody is hearing you say is that you both put your son in the center mm-hmm. instead of putting him in the middle. And I know that that is what everybody wants to have happen. But, you know, sometimes the emotions can mm-hmm. can take, you know, the wheel. And, you know, it's really a matter of grounding yourself and getting yourself back into, wait a second, you know, we got to do this for our kids. We got we get to be the best versions of ourselves even if that means that we're not together, even if that means we're in two different homes, at the end of the day, our son gets to live in a house full of love and respect and kindness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I admire you having the courage to initiate that conversation because I can only imagine what your (laughs) nerves were like in that moment. Um, But, you know, I, I love that you brought up this topic about our kids because I know that so many people stay or stay longer Mm -hmm. because they're so afraid of what is going to happen to our kids, right? Mm -hmm. What are, you know, are they going to get teased at school? Are they going to be treated differently? The schlepping back and forth between houses and Mm -hmm. all of that. And so how, how would you suggest somebody who's in that mindset right now, who's thinking like, God, I can't do this to my kids oh, look, Mickey and Wendy, you guys figured it out. But my situation X, Y, or Z, it doesn't matter what your situation is. I know you would agree with me on that. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to somebody right now who's thinking to themselves, like, I can't do this to my kids? Yeah. So I think it goes back to what I sort of said. Our kids don't learn. They learn what is caught, not taught, Mm -hmm. right? We can say all day long, but it's the way that we're living that teaches them truly. And I think when you take a look at, is this what I want to be an example of? And if we can come from a wholehearted place of integrity that says, yes, I'm living pretty aligned with who I want to be and the example that I want to be, great, right? But when we're in that place where we're not and we're staying for them, but we're building up so much resentment, we're maybe not showing up the way that we want to, maybe there's still anger and conflict and things going on. Is that who you want to be? Is that the example that you want to be for them? And because essentially as moms, we are teaching our children what it looks like to be a woman, to be a mother, to be a partner, to be in relationship, to be a friend, to be a daughter, right? To be all of those things. And that to me is a heavy responsibility and one that frankly in society, we're not putting enough emphasis on, right? It's this sort of be who you want to be mentality But also living in integrity and living an aligned life is making conscious decisions, being intentional. And so I would say to someone who's stuck in that place, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, there's a lot of things that you don't know how to do yet. And yes, there is so much support out there. But your kids are going to benefit from you doing, living a life that is more joy-filled, less stressed more with more integrity and more honesty than hiding and lying and shame. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I couldn't agree more. And establishing that in the home mm-hmm. from the beginning, I think is most important, especially when you do separate. And then ultimately, you know, as you have done so beautifully and, you know, I also have done as well, which is, you know, finding a new relationship 
right? Where your kids are also seeing, well, you know, just because mom isn't with dad or dad isn't with mom, they still get to be happy. Um, and that they know that, you know, that happiness isn't rooted in you necessarily having somebody, but including people in your life that do make you happy mm-hmm. and excluding those that ultimately don't. So how did you translate that healthy attitude and environment in your your son's life when you did finally meet somebody else and bring them into the picture? Well, on my side, um, and I think that blending families is like a full contact sport. Let's just be completely honest about it. <laughs> you got to pad up. You need yes. it. Like, yes. it's not for the faint of heart. I, I yes. Blended families is a whole nother ball of wax, right? That's that's very challenging um, because you have different value systems coming together. You have different personalities. And most importantly, you have different levels of comfort and expectation. Um, I know that for, you know, in I'll just speak for my home. I do live with um, my partner and his two children and then my son. They're on different schedules. Right. There is um, sometimes there's crossover. Sometimes there isn't. Um, and there's different parenting styles. Right. I define co-parenting as is parenting with anyone you don't agree with 100 percent of the time. Right. It's pretty much all of us <laughs> that's married or not married. Right. Right. Because it's it's complicated because there's different expectations. There's different values. And that's why I think it is so important with what you and I both teach, which is to Start from a place of self-awareness. Yes. What is my value? What is my priority? What is most important to me? Because there is so much you have no control over. So when we get really clear on what we do have control over and how we want to show up in the world, that's a beautiful place to start. I was just talking to a client a few minutes ago. And, I, you know, really my my whole thing is about learning how to take responsibility for your life. And that's response hyphen ability, the ability to respond. And it's so important because when we are reactive, when we're living in a state of reactivity, we're like a balloon just in the wind, right? We're untethered. We're just going wherever the wind takes us. That's a really uncomfortable, uncertain, scary way to live. But that's how most of us live. But when we're able to start to learn some tools and develop more and more self-awareness and start to live with more purpose and intention, it's like we become an oak tree, right? Very, very grounded. And that's when we can sort of be be the example that we want to be in the world. And most importantly, to our children and our families and our friends. Um, So I think a lot of it is really getting very, very clear on what are your values, what is important to you, right? And being willing to have those conversations with other people. Um, I'll just use a little silly example in our house. Um, my son is, a, it, it, in my opinion, a great eater, right? You'll put anything in front of that kid, he'll eat it, right? And so not really a big deal. My partner's children are not. They are very picky eaters. You know, there's, um, if it's not white or brown, it's, you know, a problem. <laughs> and so mealtime became a real source of contention, right? right? And it was like all of a sudden it became this huge issue, but it was because we weren't talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. I was bringing in my expectations. My partner was bringing in his expectations. And then it was just becoming this big thing. And so it's a silly little example, 
But it's one that I think is important because what I had to learn is that I'm not going to change everybody's uh, eating habits. It's not my place. It's not my responsibility, right? All I can do is show up the way that I can and then release all judgment and expectation beyond that. And so this for me has been a huge learning opportunity within our home to learn how to um, eat the way that I want to eat, right? And put food on the table that that I feel good about as a mom, but also be really inclusive and accepting of other things happening. And so I think in a blended family, this, I feel like just took a very strange turn, our little conversation. And sorry okay. for that. No, but it's, it's, it's like, we have to start to learn how to be focused on what we can and what we can't control. Right. Right. And and especially when you're blending families, there's so much. And so really learning how to have the patience and the presence and be purposeful in what you do. But there's a lot of learning how to let go. I yeah, too. 100%. I mean, I can relate in so many ways, <laughs> um, you know, with with a lot of what you just said. And, and ultimately, what I'm also hearing is, you know, is the need uh, and the not the need really more the importance of communication mm-hmm. amongst everybody, because when you know, and this is even when you're bringing in a new partner, right, or your kids are experiencing the other, you know, your spouse, your ex-spouse bringing a new partner into the situation is really learning the art of communication, whether that's you creating a new blended family or your kids being a part of a new blended family themselves or, you know, just somebody else being in the picture. And I think that communication, you know, is one area that I really focus on because, you know, it's, I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know, you know, what to do. And, you know, candidly, my ex-husband took that bringing somebody new into the picture first. And so I kind of got to sit back and watch and and learn a lot on what not to do and Mm -hmm. what to do instead. And so I think that at the end of the day, the communication is what is truly most important and, and exactly what you said. It's communicating around the things that you know that you have control over versus focusing on the things that you don't. Because at the end of the day, when you are building a relationship, you know, with new kids that are coming in or your kid is building relationships with somebody new coming in, whether that's, you know, bonus brothers and sisters, you know, a bonus new adult that's coming into their life. It's so incredibly important that they feel the confidence to communicate themselves and and that's what sets up a thriving environment, I feel, for our children. And even just giving them and holding that space for them is what's really important. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think sp- holding space and and allowing for everybody to have their own feelings about something and opinions. Um, you know, my partner and I are drastically different parents. I mean, just polar opposites in many, many ways. And we can allow that for both of us. And it's like making room for both of us. Now that isn't allowing someone to have bad behavior, right? Right. If I go off the deep end or he goes off the deep end, then absolutely as the other respected adult, you know, you stand up and say something. But there's also, I think we had to navigate what are the rules, right? There's no one way to do it, right? It's starting to understand what's okay and what's not okay. And then creating that within the home of understanding, like for us, I don't 
discipline his children, right? He doesn't discipline mine, right? Because they don't, I don't have the love and connection with his kids that he and his and his um, ex do, right? Because they're the they're the parents. They've had the whole life with these kids, and vice versa, the same with me. And so we've just made an agreement that we do those things separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to talk about it with each other so that there's not resentment and and, other, and bitterness and other things built up. So I think it's really about communication, but allowing everybody to have their experience without needing to change or fix it. Right. Um, and I was going to say, because it brings up another point, too, that I think is important. And it's something I know that you obviously deal with. I know it's something that I also deal with is, you know, there is another, there is an X in the picture, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, your partner has an X, you have an X. Mm-hmm. And enabling, you know, even though they're they're not in the relationship that you're in with, you know, with your partner, they are a part of the co-parenting relationship, right? Because, you know, they're still the parent of the kids that are living within your house. And I think that it's also really important. I have a very strong belief that, you know, as long as, uh, you know, like, for example, with my kids, you know, my ex-husband's remarried and it's important to me that his wife has a, a that he, she's good to my kids. Right? right. Because my kids are living with her in their house. And it's important for me that, you know, I have a good relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, my partner, Jeff's son uh, and daughter, that, you know, it's important that I have a, a good relationship with with them and that, you know, their mom knows that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. good to her kids. And I think that that the, that there's a certain um, process that we also get to share a little bit about, because I know you've been through it, I've been through it, but really building that healthy relationship, um, you know, with the kids and also through the ex, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, and we're in their lives, they're in our lives, Mm -hmm. whether that be directly or indirectly, but it's important that everybody at the end of the day, right? It's about the kids, Mm -hmm. right? But also understanding your place, right? Right. As you just described with your partner's sons that you know your place. So you communicate with him and you, you know, you respect that relationship. So what, what were some steps that you took that enabled you to really create a healthy relationship with his kids. And, you know, even with what you've witnessed, with what your son has experienced, um, you know, even with your partner. Yeah, I would. I actually want to talk about the other side of the family a little bit, because sure. if you don't mind, because no, um, whatever you're comfortable with. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that was really hard for me was at the beginning. Right. Um like like you, my ex brought his new new person into the relationship. I, I give him a lot of credit. It they waited a while, you know. It wasn't like instantaneous, but it was still to me felt so fast, right? And so I was single for quite some time after the divorce, and when she came into the picture, it was jarring. It was. Um, hurtful. There, there was just so much for me around, around it. And what I realized very quickly, and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to realize it is that I had no control over it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I could fight against it all day long. I could be as angry as I wanted to be and it would change nothing. And so I had to make a decision. Who do I want to be? It goes back to that. Who do I want to be in this situation? Right. And for me, I just simply chose to realize that she's there because she loves my ex. And therefore, I'm going to believe that she's there because she loves my child and she's in his life. And so I can either make that difficult or I can be supportive. Those are the two choices. And so I really decided that I was going to figure out how to love her and be welcoming of her into our family because I really believe that we're still a family. I look at us, you know, it's like all of us, there's me, there's my ex, there's them, meaning, you know, them as a unit, and there's all of us together, right? It's like these different layers of it, but we're all in the same family. And so how did I want to show up? And so that was really my work to start doing was to just take try on the belief that um, she was one more person to love my son. Yeah. And when I come at it from that perspective, it made it a little easier not to be so angry. It made it a little easier not to lash out. It made it a little easier to not totally freak out, right? When my son would say, I mean, I remember the first time he said something about her being at a picnic they went to, right? And it was like, a knife to the heart. And it stopped me in my tracks. But I also had this, I had already made this decision. She's going to be in my son's life. Who do I want to be? And so I remember I we were eating ice cream cones, walking down the sidewalk, and I'm like frantically eating my ice cream cone. You're like licking oh, faster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, that must have been fun. What you know, right? Blah, blah, blah. But it was, I was grateful. And this is why I start with all of my clients in the same place, which is really deciding what is the vision for your life and what are your values? Right. Because when you have that point of grounding yourself, when these things happen, right, it's almost like a little bit of a lighthouse, right? Right. It's always drawing you in the direction you want to go. Right. And the same thing when I was Learn, you know, then years down the road when um, my partner and I waited, I think over a year and a half before we told the kids um, just because we weren't in a place to do it. You know, we just really didn't want to do the blended thing yet. And so it was um, I think each situation is so uniquely different. Yes. But I've also watched, you know, clients and other people go through like the revolving door of people in their kids lives and they're it is so painful to watch that. Um, and even when that is your circumstance, when you're watching maybe your ex have the revolving door of partners in and out of your children's life, you still get to show up and be the mom that you want to be. And you still get to impact them in a positive way. And that doesn't have to be the, the sort of profound impact on the life. You get to be that for them. Right. And so it's really always coming back to what is important to me? How am I showing up? And what example do I want to be? I think that's so beautiful. And I know that there's people listening who are probably going, well, that's not my situation. You know, I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't want anything to do with my kid. It's all, you know, they're like, for example, right? It's like the your ex has a new partner who doesn't 
mm-hmm. doesn't want to be a part of this kid's life or doesn't want to be seen as a parent that is there just for, you know, your ex. So how how do you as, you know, what would you recommend to a client who's struggling with a situation where there is somebody new in their life and they don't want to participate? So this is where compartmentalization, I think, is a strong skill set that we all need, uh, especially, well, just in relationships, but especially in divorce. There is a certain amount of learning how to separate yourself from what, from other people's experiences. And I think this is where my training of conscious parenting and conscious co-parenting really comes in, is being very clear about what is happening, right? What's truly happening in the, in in any given situation, mm-hmm. um, but what are you doing and why are you doing it? Um, just that awareness. And that's where, again, the vision and the values and doing all of that work of being, learning how to be more self-aware. Because when we are more self-aware and we're aware of what we can control or not control, we can learn how to sort of detach from our children's experience. When we're not aware of all those things, we feel we take on all of the feelings of our children. They do not need us to fall apart with them. They do not need us to say how angry they are, you know, like to stand with them in all of their anger and all of it. No, they actually need us to be the calm, grounded, safe space to come back to. And so to do that, we have to really be able to separate their experience from our experience. Um, our issues with our ex or our relationship with the ex from theirs, right? And it's, you know, I always remind clients too that the the person that they got married and divorced is not actually the person in front of them today. Just like we grow and learn and change, they're doing the same thing. Granted, I know some of them, it doesn't appear appear that they are learning or changing or doing anything different. And maybe they're not. Speed's relative, right? <laughs> and maybe they're not. Right? Who knows, right? <laughs> but we have to really start to look at that person, the other co-parent, in a new way, build a new relationship, completely different from the relationship that was that we had in the marriage. Because if we take all of that with us into today, we're just drained right? We're exhausted and trying to pull it all along. We're making assumptions, all of the things. And so really learning how to separate. And it's a conscious decision that we make, Yeah, right? We can choose to be angry and upset and all of the things. And we can still be able to separate and be there for our children. Because again, they don't need us to fall apart with them. And they don't need us to save them. No. Right? They need to watch us save ourselves. And that's the best thing we can do. And so I think really learning how to become more self-aware and then learning how to let them have their experience without you falling into it is probably one of the most important skills that we can learn, especially with co-parenting, because there are things that happen. I mean, I, we we joke about it now, but my um, my ex's uh, mom, she she thinks milk is bad, right? And so I used to give my son milk. But when you would go to my go to his dad's house, milk was really, really bad. And so he got, he was like five years old and so confused, right? Am I putting poison in my body? Am I not putting poison in my body? And I'm standing there, no, milk is great. You know, I'm like digging my hills in. I should have worked for the dairy department at that point. I was like (laughs) so pro-dairy, right? 
only in retaliation, right? And so it was really me having to look at, okay, like we're all going to have different opinions here. We're all going to have different experiences and he can drink milk or not drink milk and everything's going to remain okay. And so it's even these little moments, there's the big moments and the little moments, but the more that we can just get really clear and aware of what am I doing and why am I doing it helps us so much because then we get the choice of how we want to continue to show up. Exactly. And I love that example. Um, It brings some memories flooding back in over here. (laughs) Certain things as well um, with disagreements. But, you know, what I'm hearing you say at the end of the day is that, you know, we we can't control what happens at the other parent's house Mm -hmm. and we can only control what's happening in our house. And, you know, one of the things that I always have said is that, you know, at the end of the day, I want to set, you know, my goal would be to set up, you know, their stepmom for success with my kids, right? I want to set up my partner, Jeff, for success with my kids. And, you know, and I think that it's really important to create a healthy relationship with your ex's new partner and vice versa. So what would you say is one step that, you know, somebody who's listening, who's like, I don't even know how to go about doing this, isn't important. Why does it matter? You know, what would you say to them right now as they're kind of trying to navigate this new this new path? Yeah. So I think the golden rule always applies, right? Treat others the way that you want to be treated. And this is a tough one, especially when we don't get it in return. But that doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. Right. And I think the second thing is that kindness does matter. Again, it may not be returned directly right now, but it doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. And so I think showing up the way that you want, I know another like silly example is um, I have a client who never gets any communication when her child is with um, the other co-parent, right? And they're doing all these things and there's a new partner and all these things are happening. Um, And so she will often not, give any information as well, right? Well, they're not going to, so I'm not going to. Okay, but that's also perpetuating the cycle. The behavior, right. Right? Yeah. And so it took it took a while, but she started to say, okay, she started a text stream with the new partner, her ex and her, and she would just send funny pictures. They would happen, right? Or this happened at soccer or this happened, right? But including the new partner, Right. Acknowledging that they're in in the situation and then also acknowledging like this is what I would like leading by example. Right. I think these are little ways that are really important to start to set the tone of this is what I would like the relationship to look like. And I mean, I remember she's like, "Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then came back. Well, I didn't get one, you know, two weeks later, I didn't get one picture. Okay, but that doesn't mean we stop, right? Right. Just because it isn't happening on your timing doesn't mean it's not right. So I think really treating people the way that you want to be treated is first and foremost, and then offering kindness, right? We never know what's going on for the other person or, you know, we never know what's happening. We don't know what's happening in the other house. But if we believe that it's negative, if we believe that they are out to get our children, we will always find evidence for that. But if we believe that we actually all share the same goal, which is to raise happy, healthy kids, 
Well, then we have a mindset that actually helps us move forward in a more cooperative way versus a competitive way. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I I have been confronted with this as well, personally, and also with clients that you, you know, just because your relationship looks one way today doesn't mean that that's the way your relationship is going to look in a month, in six months, even a year. Yeah. Always put yourself out there creating the relationship that you desire, irregardless of how the other person shows up. And I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, respecting kindness, I, I would add the word respect onto yes. what, you, what you said, right? It's all about being respectful and leading with kindness um, and not doing, you know, or, or withholding because you're not getting something back, right? It's about giving to give, not giving to receive. Yeah. And it's what's, I think, in your in the best interest of your children, right? And I think yeah. you started this conversation with, right? They're not in the middle. They're in the center, right? right? And sort of, they're the sun that we're orbiting around. And how are we supporting that environment and that ecosystem? Um, and if you don't mind, I'll share a quick little story because I think it's relevant here is... Um, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember exactly how long I've been divorced, but it, it's been a little while. And so we've had a lot of holidays, um, you know, and for me, Christmas morning is one of those things that it is um, torture not being with my son. Right. And I always held this vision of being able to do all of it together. And so every year I would invite um, my ex and his partner um, over for Christmas morning when when my son was with me or or Christmas Eve or whatever it was, I would send the text and say, please come. We would love it if you would come. Um, and there would always either be no response or we have plans. And it was hard, right? And I kept asking. I think it took five Christmases, six Christmases. And finally, I got the yes. And so my son loved it. I mean, he loved it. It was Christmas morning. Everybody was here. He has a new little half brother. Um, it was his first Christmas. And so he was here and we were all together. And I thought, oh, my gosh, right? My dream came true. All of the all of work and all of the trying paid off. Well, this past Christmas, no invitation. Mm. And it was gut-wrenching, Right. Because even though I thought we'd turn the corner, I was wrong. And I didn't get the same. And it took me a minute, but I ended up saying something. You know, I said, you know, I got I to gotta admit, I was really hurt. And um, I was really hoping that we had turned a corner. And it ends up, you know, they didn't mean anything by it. It just wasn't ready yet for at their home. Right. And that's okay. But it, I just bring it up because there's ups and there's downs and there's jumps forwards and there's jumps back. And just because sometimes you have a setback or just because sometimes the person isn't showing up the way you want or you're not seeing the progress with being kind and respectful and all of those things doesn't mean it's not going to be there forever, right? I'm really hopeful that again next <laughs> next Christmas, it's all going to be, I'm still going to go forward with that, right? Because that's what feels good for me. But I've also learned how to communicate it in a way that isn't blaming and attacking, but it's just honoring, like, here's what I really want. 
And if we can make it happen, amazing. If we can't, it's all good, right? So I think it's, because um, I have a lot of people ask like, well, how do I know, right? How do I know that by this Christmas, it's going to work? We don't, yeah. we don't, but we can show up the best that we can and make as many conscious, intentional choices and keep our kids centered. Yeah. So beautiful. And I, Mickey, we could talk, I mean, we could talk for a long time. We, we really do have so much in, so yes. much in common. Um, but I want to say thank you for joining me today and, and truly the work that you do leading by example and really trying to help so many, so many moms out there because the co-parenting, you know, I'm going to throw out there again and say like parallel parenting is a form of co-parenting. I mean, every co-parenting relationship looks different. It looks different all the time. It is a dance. It is, you know, it, sometimes it's one that you want to have and other times it's one that you just really wish looked different. But nonetheless, just because it looks this way today doesn't mean it's the way it's going to look tomorrow. So Mickey, thank you for being here and for being my guest and and sharing your wisdom with everybody. I want to make sure that everybody also knows where they can find you. And I know that you also have a gift for our audience, which will be in the show notes for everyone to uh, get a hold of. Yeah. Well, Wendy, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I really admire the work that you do in in the world. And um, I'm just really excited um, for, for this conversation. And because they're we all need different perspectives. And I think you so beautifully offer a beautiful example and a perspective of doing things differently. And parallel parenting is one, right? There's collaborative, there's conscious, there's all the things and often we need all of them. It's like it's a combination, the day, right? Yeah, exactly. 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 So um, I do have a little gift. I have a masterclass of uh, sort of conscious parenting 101. What is it? How can it help you? Um, for me, it's been transformative. And I love that um, conscious co-parenting, how we can really be intentional in the way that we are co-parenting, again, even without our ex's participation or permission, because you still have more power and agency than you can even dream of. And so learning how to step into that, even just a little bit, can make a world of difference. And so it'll be in the show notes, but it's just um, on my website, which is my name, um, Mickey, M-I-K-K-I, gardener.com uh, slash masterclass. Uh, but all the links will be there. And then I hang out on Instagram. So I would always love to connect with you and others over there. Um, but just thank you, Wendy, for having me and for all you do and the value you bring to the world. Well, thank you. And you know, I feel the same way about you. And thank you again for being my guest today. Yes. Everybody for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for joining Mickey and I in what I found to be just a really beautiful conversation. You know that with every podcast episode, I strive to ensure that you are getting nuggets of information to help you wherever it is that you guys are in your divorce process. I hope that you guys have a beautiful rest of your day, sending you so much love, light, and joy. As always, mwah. bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. That is how I'm able to reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support that they need to create their next best life. And I would love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab with Wendy, 
and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.